Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Love Essie, the podcast. Welcome to episode 33. And this week, I'm talking to you guys about Harlequin. That's right, friends. Harlequin. Um, if you've read romance, um, even if you haven't read romance, I know that everyone at some point has seen Harlequin Presents in the supermarket or target or walmart the the harlequin presents is that cover where like the couple is in a circle the background is white and if it's an older harlequin there's like uh and by older i mean like late 90s early 2000s there's a a strip of red at the top um now the red is in the top left hand corner but sort of like angled almost triangle style but the white cover circle thing is still there for harlequin presents i don't know that they'll ever get rid of that because it's so um ubiquitous like it is you know that cover is synonymous with harlequin um i'm not talking about harlequin presents books today though although i do think at some point in the future i want to do an episode about those um i'm actually going to be talking today about one of the you know many imprints harlequin desire right which has also sort of changed somewhat the look um the two books i'm talking about today they're both brenda jackson's now what i think is really interesting um and i want to sort of have this conversation about the cover they're both Brenda Jackson books uh one the one book has just uh the hero on the cover um it's a black man um open you know his shirt is open a little so you can see a little bit of his 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 collarbone um but it's just him by himself the other cover is a white guy with a black woman um and so I kind of this is where we're going to jump off into into this right um so the two books right uh the, their titles are duty or desire which that has just the black the hot black man on the cover with like uh, a stetson is it stetson is it stetson i don't know how you actually pronounce the word someone who actually knows how is probably gonna be like girl you butchered that but whatever um and he's got like um a white dress shirt it's a, like i said it's not fully buttoned up his bow tie is undone he's holding his like suit jacket you know over one shoulder and he's sort of looking away from the camera so you can't really see his eyes you see his nose you see his mouth you see his hand um and he's got his other hand in the pocket so he, he takes up most of the cover he looks powerful he looks hot he looks like you know you're just like mm, delicious okay um and this book is part of the westmoreland and is it westmoreland or westmoreland anyway um legacy and what i realized as i read this book and then the other book is that the Brenda Jackson created a universe, right, of um, Westmoreland family members. And then she kept adding to them. Then they had cousins in other places. And then they had friends. Um, which I think is actually a really um, cool thing. And I, I'm going to come back to that. But back to covers. So Duty or Desire has hot dude, you know, face shielded. He looks, he looks like a man. 
the other book an honorable seduction right this book does have a couple on the cover um and this is also part of the westmoreland legacy series right um it's our our hero who's a white man he's white and blonde haired he's sitting on a chair uh his legs are you know slightly spread spread open she is sitting on him straddling him essentially um he's holding on to her thigh uh and actually now that i'm looking at it i don't know where his other hand goes so a part of me is like biddle what did you do with his hand where did his hand go oh there it is it's because of the font so his he's got one hand on her thigh the other hand is you know sort of wrapped around her back so she doesn't fall off right she's got one hand around his back and the other hand on his thigh also to sort of balance herself um i do love that her hair looks like she she's like i said she's a black woman when you read the book though you find out that she is biracial she had a black mother and a white father but regardless of that um she's not a light-skinned biracial uh woman um and her hair is you know looks natural in the shot now there's the really really cynical part of me that's like so do they both get to be on the cover because he's white because in the other book where it's just the guy you know the woman he ends up with isn't a white woman it's a black woman so like why 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 wasn't she on the cover now it could also be that there was a a a point where all westmoreland books just had the dudes on the cover and then eventually it was like nah now we're gonna go include both so maybe this is sort of a new a new start i don't know i'm i'm just guessing but i thought it was really interesting because these books um having read both they're not um far apart in terms of timeline um i feel like um honorable seduction happens in time before uh duty or desire because there is mention of this cup of the the couple in honorable seduction um in the other book right so they haven't you know it wasn't like oh well this one happened this time and the other one happened the other time like nah girl like you know there aren't decades in between the two so i thought that that was really interesting um as someone who grew up reading harlequins um and you know just reading whatever my library had um i and i can remember harlequin desire covers i believe when i was younger it was like it said harlequin desire and the desires in sort of like a cursive style font um and then there was like sort of a red stripe down the side not at the top and then the cover was full color of the couple i feel like there is something else happening on those like maybe there was a yellow background as well with the picture of the couple sort of sitting on top of the yellow background i would have to go back and look whereas now it's like um the harlot in the corner in the top sort of left hand corner you can see that they've made it look like red snake skin or red sort of some sort of reptile skin um and then that you've all got, almost got that vignette or vignette um effect of like the color of the actual picture fading into the harlequin like you know whatever background and vice versa um which i do like because i feel like this is this also reminds me of what are the 
the because the other harlequin desire covers that i've seen most recent uh, and now i'm wondering like is there a huge like are what is the difference in between these is it just like this was like last year two years ago um it's there's like a in the again top left hand corner it's like a yellow goldish almost portion of a diamond almost and it just says harlequin desire but the desire in this case isn't like in cursive it's it's a non-serif font which i think is really interesting i'm saying this because i'm looking at it naima simone which i'm pretty sure just came out um let me go look at the let's see the como se llama yes the naima simone i'm looking at came out in 2020 let's see when the brenda jacksons that i'm talking about came out um what duty or desire was 2019 so last year and an honorable seduction was 2018 aha so it is very possible that 2020 there was a shift in the look of harlequin desire um because it's something that i think that imprints do do you know especially harlequin because within harlequin there are so many quote-unquote imprints right you've got um if you go to harlequin's website right um which is a wonderful treasure trove of of books um and i think it's also a very specific kind of book but whatever before i get to that right if you go to um their website and you look to see essentially what the imprints or I, I, I don't mm, imprints brand names whatever you want to call them that they have let's see imprints there we go so harlequin has avon right um or well when you're on harlequin's website because harlequin is now owned by harper collins every you know everything that falls under that umbrella you can't purchase on harlequin's website so you can purchase avon books you can purchase Karina Press. You can purchase Graydon House, Hanover Square Press. Then there's HQN. There's Inkyard Press. There's Mira, Park Row Books, and Worldwide Mystery, right? So that is sort of imprints. Then within Harlequin, they have category. Or no, actually, that's... Where's what I'm looking for? Hmm. <laughs> Would it be series? Yes. So Harlequin has, they call it series. Sorry, they don't call it imprints. So you've got Harlequin Dare, Harlequin Desire, Harlequin Heartwarming, Harlequin Historical, Harlequin, Harlequin Intrigue, Harlequin Medical Romance, Harlequin Presents, Harlequin Romance, Harlequin Romantic Suspense, Harlequin Special Edition, Harlequin Special Releases, Love Inspired, and Love Inspired Suspense that's a lot right you're probably like damn girl you just said a lot of things um but i think it's really interesting all of these have a very specific look to their covers and you can sort of when you're on their website and you sort of start like going farther back you can see where they transition from one look to another i really like that um harlequin desire essentially the cover is the full shot of of the picture and it's all the you know it's mainly couples uh so again i wonder if in 2019 and 2018 they were attempting you know single 
single end like one person covers and then decided you know or is it the author because i'm also seeing uh like if you search here i'm gonna search for brenda jackson um because now i'm curious i'm like is it possible that brenda jackson books just get a lot of dudes on the cover by them lonesomes let's see what we see i mean in desire yeah i claimed by a steal it's just a dude seduced by a steal just a dude one night with the wealthy rancher just a dude uh let's see do your desire just a dude but then there are covers where it is two couples right the real thing in bachelor unleashed which are both from the westmoreland world just a dude his secret son just a dude bachelor untamed just a dude his to claim just a dude um she has a lot of covers where it's just a man on the cover uh westmoreland's way just a dude but she does also have covers that have both so and i've noticed it looks like the westmoreland world that tends to be the leading but that tends to be the norm there have been i i think i've seen one other westmoreland book that does not have that has like a couple but almost all of the ones that are in the westmoreland world are just one one man one man on the cover um so then now i'm thinking so maybe this is a specific sort of um what is the word a marketing tactic for this specific series or this universe that she's created okay so i you know we had to do all that guys we had to do all that because it's really i think it's really fascinating to see what are the ways in which romance novels whether they're traditionally published or or self-published like what are the ways what are the things that people do to get to the covers that they get because in some ways right the cover the spine the back blurb especially when you're look talking about physically purchasing a book those are definitely the things that are going to pull the reader's eye obviously if you're a huge brenda jackson fan you're just gonna go straight to brenda jackson and if you've read her entire backlist then you're just looking for the newest book but if you're not um you know a brenda jackson stan or she's a new to you author or you don't specifically follow any author you go more based on today i want to read about cowboys so i'm going to look for a cowboy romance tomorrow i want to be read about you know cops or actually i want to do a hockey romance or actually i was hoping you know someone wrote something about a gardener then i think in that case if you're not very much focused on an author and and that author's entire backlist but you're more focused on what you feel in that moment or a trope that's been really appealing to you which that's also i think a little bit more um it's not like covers have specific trope like there aren't specific trope covers so that you have to you know the back blurb has to give you an idea when you read it and you're like oh i'll see this is um you know a workplace romance or this is uh you know brother's best friend or best friend's little sister or you know all of those things like that's more the back blurb or whatever but i do think that like the decisions that are made 
to then create the covers that we get to see i think are fascinating and i would love to i i'm sure that it exists i want to like find like the people who are having those conversations like are there panels that are talking about like just covers i know that there have been conversations about the you know the the line not the line but like what the difference between illustrated covers and like obviously photography covers um i was lucky enough to be able to um watch um it was a youtube sort of event um totally nerdy girls and i'm forgetting the other girls instagram they're doing um the summer sarah mclean so they're reading um all of sarah mclean's backlist this summer and they were able to do a youtube like uh event with her like they were able to talk to her and she was talking about how like clinch covers are about to have a huge sort of drastic change really really soon because of covid right how can you have photo shoots with two strangers you know trying to share literal breathing space when you've got this 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 going on like is that going to be possible is it going to be that you shoot both of them against the green screen and then try and put those two images together into one with photoshop but all that like ups the cost of the cover so then that what does that mean if you're a debut author what does that mean if you're you know you're not top sort of tier whatever 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 like does that mean you don't get that kind of a cover even if it would benefit your book do you get a poorly photoshopped cover uh there was one um it's an avon book that just came out or is coming out i'm really excited for the book but i really hate the cover like i'm just like what in the photoshop nonsense is this and sometimes i photoshop them like I've seen um, hairstyles that are supposed to look like, you know, natural black people hairstyles. And I'm like, oh, girl, no, what kind of what what was done? Yeah. Um, so it is it, we're really going to have that kind of conversation. Like, how are you? Are we going to go back to the past of like a more painted cover, like very realistic, but like painted as opposed to to people actually being photographed um and then of course the illustrated covers that we are seeing now which are very um very bright colors i feel like it's a you know it's not like pop art but it is very bright some i've liked some have annoyed me to be fair to be honest um and i think they've annoyed me because i feel like i sometimes fall into that camp of women or reader who is like i i'm reading a romance and i want people to know that i'm reading a romance um i don't want my book to be misconstrued as like i'm just reading like i don't know it gets weird right because if the cover it doesn't explicitly scream romance when you're reading it out in public which we don't do anymore right now so that's a whole other whatever but like back in the day well when you sat on the train with strangers and read a book and just went about your business if there was a clinch cover right people are gonna be seeing a clinch cover in your hand but if it's not a clinch cover if it's like you know just whatever then will other people know it's a romance no not necessarily i mean romance readers might um i'm thinking of for example um the bride test by helen huang i love that cover it's gorgeous but at the same time a part of me is like well i mean the series like the first book had an illustrated cover so i understand 
that makes sense for the series you just continue like it would be weird like although i had a crazy thought like what if you did completely different art styles every single time for a series but then wouldn't that mess with the reader and sort of you know placing it and all that probably i'm assuming that's why that isn't done right i'm assuming that's why you don't have like an illustrated cover followed by a real life photograph followed by you know some some craziness because it's like girl no it would look ugly on bookshelf um and instead what you would do is just re reprint with new covers um but you would never like switch art styles or whatever within a series um but whatever um but yes so back to the two harlequins right the reason why you're probably like wow esther you went on a really wild tangent there i know guys isn't it fun but i used to you know go into my public library obviously um and just like grab a bunch right and just read them because they're shorter right I believe word count is anywhere between 70 to 85,000 words. It's not that long. Um, And because of such a short-ish sort of word length, you know, they feel in some ways more faster. I mean, they're not as short as novellas because novellas, I think, are under like 50,000 words. You can kind of say it's a novella. Um... So they're not that short, but they're still shorter than, you know, um, other romance novels that are clocking it at 105,000 words and more, right? So there's something to be said about this, like, you pick this up, you can read it kind of quick, you know, um, thanks to reading on, like, um, an app or whatever i'm reading on libby the library app it'll tell me when i'm done like the amount of time i spent reading and for these it's probably like an hour and change like even if i were to like stop and pause to do other things like i could literally sit down and within like less than two hours finish one so they're not long read but i also hadn't read um harlequins in quite some time partially because i'd started you know like i'd been reading other stuff i'd been reading you know more um independent published authors um and it for a long time it felt like harlequin was what i read in the library and back to that point growing up in toronto canada um my public library um the harlequins that were there you know were all white couples which is fine but the last i want to say three to four years i have been making a conscious effort to look for romance that doesn't just have white couples um partially because being able to see characters that look and sound like me on the page has been like absolutely a gift um but also being able to see characters that look and sound like my friends whether my friends are east asian or latinx or you know people who just being able to see characters that aren't white on the page and falling in love i've been really 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 excited about that um because there was such um a lack of that when i was growing up and had started reading romance um and i'd there was a conversation that i was in where it was kind of like well you know like some of this always existed i mean brenda jackson has been publishing for a very long time and i do remember her seeing her um 
at the youth bookstore. Never at my public library, even though she wrote Harlequins, but at the used bookstore. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure that the first few times I saw her name, I don't, it didn't, you know, click that this was also a black author. It was just like, oh, someone, you know, I, at some point eventually saw her face and was like, oh, wait a minute. Um, it was the same thing with Rochelle Allers. I think it took me a long time to be like, wait, she's black? Oh. Um, and I think it's also because when I was younger, I was just reading romance to read romance. As I've gotten older, romance, I mean, I still read romance for the sake of reading romance. But the way that I look at it, um, the way that I think about it is in, uh, from a much more critical standpoint. And not critical as in, oh my god, it is terrible. But it, in looking at it at not just like, oh, a book I read that was fun, but like, okay, cool look at the ways in which an author has created a world that I'm fascinated by or the ways in which they failed to create a world that I'm fascinated by. Why, looking at who is excluded in the world that this author has created, who is included, how does that look? How does that make me feel? Looking for people who look like me and looking for a contemporary world that reflects the actual world I live in versus finding a contemporary world that does not accurately reflect the world I live in. Also, not, you know, making, realizing that I can't just make judgments. I've never lived in a small town. I cannot therefore speak to what small town life really is. Now, is small town life all just, you know, a series of small towns only ever filled with white people? Uh, no. Is that something I would have believed and did believe six or seven years ago based on the romance I read? Yes, right? And so having to I, I'm doing a lot of unlearning, I guess, as I'm reading more romance that is, you know, li- diverse, not just in, in character, but in author, in situation. Um, and so now when I look for books, when I look for the romance that I do read, I am a lot more aware, okay, I want to read romance that has this, this, and this that has diverse characters, that deals with, you know, these factors. Now, I'm also a huge fan of, like, I enjoy paranormal, and I enjoy um, historical, but also now starting to push back, like, does historical always have to be dukes in the, you know, regency or Victorian period, and everyone is literally white? Does that make sense? Does it mean that I haven't, you know, devoured most of Lisa Claypool's backlist? I have. Uh, but also being conscious of like, okay, she's writing at a time when people who look like me existed. They aren't included, and that is fine. I'm not being like, yo, Lisa Claypiss, what the fuck? Why the fuck? No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. But being aware that I can, that I should go looking for romances that feature people who look like me, right? In these time periods. Alongside reading the Lisa Claypiss or, you know the Tessa Dare or the Sarah McLean or you know all of those things understanding that the world both the past you know the 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 far far past the the recent past the current and and the future can be as complex and as 
broad as real life is. Um, And so one of the things that I think has been really interesting, at least for me, um, looking at like specifically Harlequin Desire, I think has been doing a lot of this is uh, we're seeing a lot of like authors who aren't white. We're seeing covers of couples who aren't, you know, either only one person on the cover is white or no one on the cover is white, which would we have seen that? you know 10 years ago i don't think so would we have seen that 20 years ago i don't think so or it would have been very specific and very pigeonholed if you go to harlequin's website right now and you go and you look at you know upcoming releases for the the desire um line like you're going you're gonna see you know some couples that aren't uh lovely white and that to me is so fucking exciting, right? JC Lee's, you know, secret crush seduction. There's a white dude, but there's an East Asian woman and she looks so fucking hot in that white dress. I'm just like, ooh, girl. Um, the Rebels Redemption. They're both really like they've got that sort of tanned olive skin tone where you're like, are you from countries in the Middle East? Are you from mediterranean countries are you from latin america uh actually i want to i'm gonna click on it because i want to wow so sometimes people in the neighborhood just feel the need to like race down a side street mad fast and be really really loud and y'all got to share in that i'm so sorry uh, we've got Anderson Stone and Piper Blackburn are the names. Sounds, sounds white to me. But when I look at them, they look kind of not quite, I don't know. It's a, it's a question mark there, right? That's kind of like, but is you, but isn't you? And I mean, even if they, you know, aren't or are, it's fine. Naima Simone's trust fund fiance, which is part of the Texan Cattlemen's Club sort of, uh, umbrella, uh, they both look ethnic. Um, so seeing more of that, right, as someone who, you know, was like, I never saw people who looked like me or took, I mean, I do remember Kamani, um, which was um, a line at Harlequin or whatever, but it was, you know, the only one. And it depended on where you were you know if the library had a lot of those kinds of books so (laughs) so I read you know I was very much like "Ooh, I want to read these you know current Brenda Jackson's or current-ish um and both in both books um they're part of the Westmoreland legacy in that none of the characters involved none of the main characters involved are Westmoreland's right um in i'm blanking on the name already in an honorable seduction um our hero flipper who what's his real name because everyone called him flipper because he loved being in the water but that's like not his real name so let me go but like that's the name that stuck with me probably because it's so ridiculous right it's like your name is Flipper? Like, people just... But he was a Navy SEAL and, like, loves being in the water and, you know, whatever, whatever. So, of course, everyone's like, oh, my goodness. 
um, his name is David. His real name is David. Okay. So David um, is a Navy SEAL and on his Navy SEAL team is, uh, there is a Westmoreland, Bain Westmoreland. So because that Navy SEAL team is so close, right? Flipper is in very, very close friends with Bain. And so therefore he is part of this Westmoreland world. He's obviously more on the periphery because he's not one, but he's obviously met, you know, people in Bane's family and I think Bane is one of six or seven siblings I believe something like that and something wild and then he's got like a bazillion cousins so we we get to see you know we get to see some of the Westmorelands but it's very like sort of in the background obviously because the focus is on David and his girl Swan and duty or desire right Again, it's a question of someone who's on the per- who isn't a Westmoreland. So Pete, his full name's Peterson, who is a sheriff um, in Denver. Not sure how that works. Um, <laughs> I'm like, is that the same thing as police captain, police chief? Don't say. I mean, no, no. But he is, you know, really good friends or best friends with some Westmorelands. So his story, right? He is involved with them because they're friends and the woman that he falls for myra gets to know them but neither one of them are westmoreland's by blood but these are if you think back to that conversation i had about found family it's like these are the people that you're you sort of collect that become mem, you know honorary members of your family um which i was like ooh. Ooh, I like this. And so what I think is really kind of cool if you think about it. Like you could you could conceivably decide that you wanted to do all the Westmoreland books that Brenda Jackson has done. It looks like it's a lot. I don't know that I could do I mean I feel like I couldn't do that, but then I think to myself, but they're not long, right? So you could start like you could literally like dig into her website and find the first one and then sort of slowly make your way um i'm reading another one that i haven't finished because i literally started like 20 minutes ago and this is uh she is the our heroine is a westmoreland and then she's gonna fall for a guy who isn't uh and one of the things is uh they find out so there's the westmorelands who are in denver colorado but there are westmorelands out in atlanta montana texas and then through you know i guess tracing family history they find out that their their great-grandfather had had a brother had had two other brothers or whatever they thought he was an only child he wasn't he had a brother that ended up in alaska so they um her book is like when the family sort of starts to have conversations with that branch of westmoreland's who their actual last name is outlaw um not entirely sure the reasons why and then they also know that there's an older brother to their great-grandfather who who like i think is only half blood like one parent i think the father like they had the same father and so trying to figure out like where his descendants are now and so it's like this massive sort of universe and there's things that are in common right there's ranching and real estate and everyone's pretty successful no one's like you know brokeity broke broke on the side of the road um but i do think it's really cool that um an like that brenda jackson brenda jackson has created this sort of like 
really cool world that has spanned you know many years because you can see when you look on harlequin like westmoreland she didn't start writing about them like yesterday um or 2018 she's been writing um them for a long time so i feel like what's also cool is if you do go all the way back to that first book and sort of start reading from there you can see as a family grows and you can probably see characters that were kids back then or teenagers and now they're getting their books or you're hearing about their story in the background so i really i really enjoyed that um and it was fun to go back to you know that harlequin style um because it's a it's a short read especially now when things are in such upheaval and sometimes getting into a longer book can feel really difficult um a lot of people have been talking about oh you can then you know pick up a novella instead which yes there are novellas but there's also like you know harlequins um and i think that they're i really like what they're doing with harlequin desire covers and there are a lot of really like like Naima Simone has some Harlequins that are just phenomenal. We've got, you know, Brenda Jackson is so, so good. And what I really liked, oh, I also wanted to mention, so um, I really liked the way in which she sort of, even though it's a much shorter, sort of tighter timeline, um, in both cases, I felt that the resolution you know the couples realizing how they feel about each other and coming together made sense i had also read a few other harlequins that weren't by brenda jackson um i had read Maisie yates want want me cowboy and uh sarah orwig's the rancher's cinderella bride both had premises that i really liked right in Maisie yates she's his assistant and he basically says i'm going to put an ad for a wife and can you my assistant interview them for me and narrow it down and then i can just get married because he's like i guess i'm old enough that i should settle down but like i don't want to do all the dating shit all that because he's got his own baggage and she his assistant has been in love with him for like the last decade and at first it's like okay and then i was like wait no i can't do this you crazy and then it's like and then he's like you know what like you've been the perfect assistant we should just get married it's a little crazy and i enjoyed it to a degree but there were moments where i was like hmm i don't know how i feel about this i feel like i also was aggravated because the cover it's like uh, a white dude and he's like literally holding this like darker skinned black woman um in his arms and when there were references to her skin tone in the book i was like hmm i don't hmm I felt like if I'd never seen the cover, if there had just been a white man on the cover to like the other Brenda Jackson books, I don't think I would have necessarily known that the woman was supposed to be a black woman. Um, and that could also just be me. Um, but so that kind of threw me off. And then Sarah Orwig's The Rancher Cinderella Bread, it's supposed to be um, a fake engagement because her family is pushing her to get married to this one guy. My issue here is from what it sounds like her family loves and cares for her so it seemed odd to me that they would be pushing her towards getting married with this one guy when she kept saying but i don't love him and i don't want to marry him and i want to marry for love which her parents and she had both sets of grandparents alive and well 
everyone had married for love apparently or maybe the grandparents hadn't but like love was clearly important to the family and so it just didn't make sense to me that they kept pushing her towards getting married to some guy who she didn't love and who like wanted to marry her only because he was gonna get like become law partner or some nonsense and go into politics and he needed a wife so because that seemed didn't seem realistic based on you know what i mean like it wasn't like she was at odds with her parents or whatever and so then she kept saying like getting her best friend to help her by pretending to be fake engaged to her but they also hadn't hung out in years so it had been like i guess her childhood best friend but there was supposed to be like a feud between the two families because that guy's father had like basically like screwed her father out of money but the kids had never had an issue it was just the parents there were too many things in there that i was like but none of these things really make sense like the hero's dad it was like supposed to just be like a terrible dude but we never really had anything we never really saw anything of him it was just everyone talking about how he was a terrible man but all of his kids turned out you know not terrible people the main thing they that the, these two characters had was they both had had siblings that had died and she was terrified of all you know you know adrenaline junkie things it was just there were a lot of i feel like there were a lot of things that were thrown at us like it's gonna be a fake engagement and there's a family feud and her parents are forcing her into a marriage she doesn't want and she's afraid of losing him and but none of it made logical sense so i got to the end i was kind of like okay well i read that but hmm this could have been better in so many ways so they're definitely like harlequins that i'm like ooh, girl no why but then there's like the brenda jacksons the naima simones the jc lees where you're just like the reese ryans where you're like oh my god this is so fucking good so fucking good so 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 fucking good uh so just wanted to share with y'all that i think y'all should uh y'all should read some of these you know um and i'm really like I feel like I'm going to be looking for more Brenda Jackson Westmoreland books because I really like, you know, black cowboys with branches or black sheriffs or yeah, you know, I just I'm 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 enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Um and it is fun. Um so yeah, I think that's it for this week. I know it's a shorter episode. Um but you know, we're in the dog days of summer. It's fucking August already, which is wild. Um and I'm a little like perturbed at how fast time is kind of going. Fall is almost here, which is both a good and a bad thing, right? Like I'm excited because like fall, cooler temperature, but then it's also like, ooh, flu season is in again. Oh God. Um, but whatever, we won't think about that. Oh, um, I'm going to put the link in the show notes. Linda Watson on the Twitters created a google calendar of like a romance event so people basically like send her the information she plugs it into the calendar and then when you click on the event in the calendar you can then find like the link to like usually sign up or whatever and so obviously with everything going on pretty much everything is virtual and there have been some fantastic virtual events right Alyssa cole's date nights with a loyalty bookstore have been phenomenal like i hope 
that when we can travel again i can go to a loyalty bookstore and just like hang out and be in the space because i feel like they you know are being so cool so there have been some really fantastic events but sometimes it's hard to keep track of all of them and now linda has given us a google calendar to make it so so easy like i literally looked at it and was like like i didn't know that nisha sharma was doing like google like not not google (laughs) instagram talks with different authors um just like i think like every thursday or something at like 8 p.m i'm like oh my god that looks like so much fun so i'm gonna put the link in the show notes so you guys check it out add it to your calendar and then you can just like look up and add up events um august fin august 15th is romance oh what is it called it's like indie bookstore day but for romance and i'm blanking because i'm a doo-doo now i'm annoyed at myself oh i completely blanked on it like a four-year-old uh bookstore romance day wow wow what did i say romance book indie bookstore bookstore romance day 2020 is happening august 15th last year of course i went to the four indie bookstores in the new york city area that were participating and had a fantastic day like i had so much fun this year of course that's going to be not really possible two of the bookstores were in queens and i'm not really quite ready to get on the train to go that far (laughs) um another one was in greenpoint and then the other one was in where is books are magic is that like carol gardens brooklyn or parks whatever anyway i live in the bronx all four bookstores are far far away not really ready to do that i'm just i'm not right so i'm really excited that there's going to be a bunch of like online events and you can do stuff you know virtually without you know running the risk of something happening there's a panel with roan parish reese ryan and Cynthia williams uh from 1 to 2 p.m like what there's avon books is having a spotlight has a spotlight panel with meg cabot alexis daria and talia hibbert who alexis daria's you had me at ola just came out and i've heard amazing things and i'm very very excited for it um there is miss beverly jenkins vivian lorette and cherish michaels or cherish cherish carrot i'm sorry if it's Karis Michaels or if it's Cherish Michaels. Um, they're having um, an online event. There is uh, a panel with Melissa Sen- Senate, Rayanne Thane, and Maisie Yates. There is another panel. These are all at the same time, so this might be... Oh, God. I'd be like, can you just send me the recording? Um, Fiend Kim Lam, Sonali Dev, Diana Quincy, Alyssa Cole, and Jennifer Estep. And then there's also Christina Lauren, Melanie Johnson, and Amelie Howard. There's also Caroline Linden, Loretta Chase, Evie Dunmore, Nisha Sharma, and Robin Covington. Um, Love Sweet Arrow is doing A Night of Desire. Uh, and it's going to have five Harlequin Desire authors, guys. Oh, very cool, very cool. And Love Sweet Arrow, they're so fucking cool. I also hope to one day go to Illinois and visit them. Um, Nisha Sharma, so her thing is chatting with boss babes. So for that day, she's going to be chatting with Joanna Shoup, which like so, 
so fucking cool so yeah i'm gonna put the link to this calendar so you too can sign up for these fucking awesome events and you too are gonna have a blast um and yeah uh that's pretty much it for this week next a week we are going to be doing uh, the next uh guilt hunter book archangel's consort y'all that is coming up exciting bitty bitty exciting um and i think that's pretty much all that i have for you guys this week Um, go out there read some books drink some water eat some eat some watermelon eat some fruit be hydrated kind of thing you know treat yourselves to the things that bring you joy and happiness because we only get one life we might as well enjoy it and i know it's hard because shit is hard but we gotta try we gotta try right um all right guys um this was fun this was great talk to you next week bye